Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to Never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters. We are living in some terrible, dark, confusing times. That's the best way to put it. Listen, the biggest lie told to humans by Satan is that you can disobey God and still live. And this has been our number one problem since day one. Let's look at Matthew 16, 27. Yes, beloved, we are jumping right into it. Matthew 16, 27, for the son of man, is going to come in the glory and majesty of his father with his angels. And then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. Amen. So you mean to tell me what I do How I live don't matter to God? If it so not matters, why is Jesus coming in flaming fire, mind you, a.k.a. judgment? He's coming to repay each one in accordance with what he has done. What does that sound like to you? Because what it sounds like to me Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of of his doings. Amen. 
See, it does matter. It matters completely how we are living lives in these earthly body suits. If we reject Christ Jesus, we will get a reward for that. If we come to Christ in sincere repentance to receive by his shed blood the forgiveness of our sins, then our reward will be eternal life. Either way, just like the Lord says over here in Matthew 16, 27, he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. Galatians, Galatians 6, 7 to 8, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Amen. So tell me again how we are once saved, always saved. Beloved, I'm not getting off this point because many, many are going the wrong way. Listening to corrupt and misinformed men and women standing before the body of Christ in authority, mind you, to bring you the word, but it is completely misinterpreted. Now, I myself do not profess to be a Bible scholar. All I am is a witness for Jesus Christ. I am a witness to his mercy and it is in his name. I come proclaiming, preaching repentance, which is necessary for the forgiveness of sins. And no teacher, preacher, bishop, pastor, whomever can ever tell me again that I can stay in my sins and still go to heaven because God is that merciful to his children. Hmm. So you mean to tell me that if your children disobey you time and time again, you still give them a reward? Yeah, these unruly children, oh, they are going to get a reward. It is called a spanking. In my house, how I grew up, when we disobeyed, 
after repeated warnings about disobedience and we did it anyway? Our reward was not going to the park. It was not going to the circus. Uh-uh. It was getting in that room ready for a whooping. So, I want to, I have pulled out this word from the Lord. He had given me this for his people back in July of this year. 2023. And I felt led to bring it out for today's podcast. Thus saith the Lord. The only way to salvation is through repentance. Faithfulness and repentance comes from heaven. Those who walk in it will be saved. This nation is wicked. This nation of yours is wicked, vile, and detestable before my eyes. They are naked and ignorant. Evil pervades their hearts and the way of righteousness they have not learned. They serve only their bellies. They do not serve me, nor do they know me. Many have come to me, but have left me, daughter. They came and they left, but not so the righteous. They have not left me. There's punishment in store for the unrighteous. Tell them, daughter, there's punishment in store for the unrighteous. Repent. And turn from your evil, wicked ways, thus saith the Lord. Turn to me while there's still a chance and while there's still hope. Once I return, judgment will ensue and will be pronounced. All those who chose the path of wickedness and idleness will certainly perish. Those who chose righteousness will certainly receive eternal life and inherit my Father's kingdom. But all those who live for self and the things of this evil present world will most assuredly perish. Tell the people to repent, for the day of judgment is near. I will not delay. The day is fastly approaching when I, Jesus, will judge the inhabited world in righteousness. Tell them again, daughter, repent, repent, repent. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Glory be to God, beloved That age-old question is still circulating. Why can't we just live however we want and still be saved? Aren't we sealed in Christ forever? I believe. Okay. Okay. 
but have you repented and turned from your sins? Are you walking in the newness of life? Now that you are born again, do you have a problem with sanctification? Do you not know you are being sanctified to be holy and to live righteously and godly in the sight of the one who died a horrific, bloody, violent, brutal death in your seed, in your steed? Hmm? Are you living godly in the sight of the one who died and shed his blood for you? Are you actually experiencing the new birth? More importantly, are you experiencing the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? Are you experiencing this in your day-to-day life? So, until you can answer all these questions in the affirmative, as the Spirit of Christ is guiding and leading you, it is unwise to live however you want according to your flesh and still expect or dare to even dream you or I will inherit God's kingdom of righteousness and holiness. Amen. Beloved, it seems that everybody wants to go to heaven, but some do not want to obey God. It's like they want to do their own thing. They have come up with their own plans for salvation. Nope. None of us are going to make it on our own merit. We need Jesus Christ. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write, For these words are faithful and true. They are accurate, incorruptible, and trustworthy. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts. I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowards and unbelieving 
and abominable, who are devoid of character and personal integrity and practice or tolerate immorality and murderers and sorcerers with intoxicating drugs and idolaters and, and occultics who practice and teach false religion and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone which is the second death amen revelation 21 verses 5 through 8 amen this is no joke beloved and if we come down to verse 22 because here john having been carried in the spirit to a vast and lofty mountain he was shown the holy sanctified city of jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. And he said in verse 22, Revelation 21, I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty, the omnipotent, the ruler of all, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun nor of the moon to give light to it. For the glory, splendor, radiance of God has illumined it. And the Lamb is its lamp and light. The nations, the redeemed people from the earth, will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring into it their glory by day. For there will be no night there. Its gates will never be closed in fear of evil and they will bring the glory splendor majesty and the honor of the nations into it verse 27 and nothing listen closely beloved revelation 21 27 and nothing that defiles or profanes or is unwashed will ever enter it nor anyone who practices abominations detestable morally repugnant things and lying but only those will be admitted whose names have been written in the lamb's book of life amen so, I must ask, who in their Christ-believing mind will want to miss out on the splendor of the kingdom? Because John, listen, if you study Revelation 21, that whole chapter, John explained in glorious detail the beauty and the magnificence of the new city. 
the new Jerusalem will be a sight to see. That is why it is imperative to understand we are either slaves to sin and will inherit the punishment that is associated with it, or we are slaves to righteousness and inherit the rewards associated with it. So let's get into it today. What we talking about? Well, we are going to answer the question. Can you still live however you want in wickedness and still inherit this wonderful, magnificent kingdom? And the answer is a resounding no, certainly not. Listen. Christ Jesus died so that our past sins can be forgiven and therefore God's wrath is no longer upon us. Going forward, we obey Lord Jesus' command found in John 8:11 to go, comma, and sin no more. Amen. No, you can't stop playing, y'all. Quit it. No, you can't continue to live in your masturbation and your fornication and your weed smoking and your adultery, not to mention adulterous remarriages. Oh, beloved, I can't begin to even go into it today about the wrong teachings on a divorce and remarriage. I can't begin to even tell you that how some, now I'm quite sure these are sincere men, right? You know, as the saying goes, a broken clock is right at least twice a day. And some of these men you know, are preaching, teaching sound doctrine, but certain topics of the Bible, they miss it. And one of the biggest areas that is being missed is divorce and remarriage. Beloved, at the end of the day, both Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul went into great detail to explain to us and to teach us that if you divorce and you have a living spouse, you must remain unmarried. Why? Because he or she is still alive. Only, only, and only death ends the marital covenant. That's it. So if the person has not died, you are not free and clear to remarry. And I know many have made a mockery out of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. All of this error in teaching that if the person was a non-believer and the non-believer left, then you can divorce and you can remarry. 
because you are no longer bound. But you got to look up that word bound. Paul was not advocating divorce and remarriage when he said you are no longer bound. The covenant is still in effect. What he was talking about is that once you divorce, whether he divorced you or vice versa, he or she cannot come back into your life and have the authority as husband when you and him are living in two different locations. Unlike when y'all were living together, he's the head of the house. Yes, Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us over there in Ephesians 5.25, the man is the head of the house. And so if you two are no longer married, well, he is no longer the head of your house. You are not in servitude to him. You are not bound to him in that way. But Paul was not saying that it's okay to remarry because now he has left and now you are good to go. Because see, this is where studying The word of God must have its way in our lives. Otherwise, we will be led astray in error. I'm telling you, because see, the problem that we are facing in this very clear and concise teaching is the flesh. The flesh wants to continue to have sex. So, before I get into all of that, because it is so disturbing that people who are coming before God's children are leading them down a path where the Bible says no adulterer will inherit God's kingdom. And then they will throw in their own personal, you know, opinions. Well, because, you know, physical abuse, you know, if you if you leave the spouse because of physical abuse, then you can remarry because, you know, Jesus wants you to be happy. Listen, if anyone is trying to kill you and they are beating your brains in every single day, no, it is unsafe and unwise for you to stay in the same house as a potential murderer. But that don't mean you can remarry someone else. As long as crazy man is still alive in the earth, you must remain single. And it goes without saying celibate. Celibate. So no, we are not authorized to remarry. For whatever the situation was that caused the divorce, Paul was saying, if there be no reconciliation, then you must remain unmarried. That's it. But but you see, people want what their flesh wants and they just 
turn a blind eye to the clear and concise teachings of Jesus Christ. He said we are to follow him. And do you think it's going to be easy to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ? No, but you 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 got to make up your mind. All of this back and forth today, you're living for Christ, but then next week you're living for self. He never at one time said following him will be easy. What he told us is to pick up our cross daily, crucify this flesh. He was saying, deny yourselves, deny yourselves and come follow him. He told us the price is high to follow him. That's why he says, count the cost. Because he says, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back ain't fit for the kingdom. Mm -mm. You and I better make sure we are in this until the end. Following, listening, and obeying Jesus Christ. Because Paul did prophesy. Yes, he did. He sure did. He said, the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will heap upon themselves teachers to, to tickle the ear. These teachers will be just like them, all steeped in their lust and unshamely passions. And these are they who will tickle your ear, especially around that damnable once saved, always saved. Oh, beloved, I can't say it enough. Listen, okay? Because Jesus says for us to go, comma, and sin no more. Amen. But a life lived in deliberate, blatant sin does not lead to salvation. And nothing in the Bible remotely suggests that it would. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy holy name, has never and won't ever be happy with rebellion and blasphemy among his born-again children. Nope. Listen. We are saved by the grace of God and by grace alone. The Bible is extremely clear on this. But many professing Christians seem to not understand grace or what it means to follow Jesus. And this is why they ask, why can't they live however they want and still be saved? If you are being saved, it is because you have given your heart and life to God and a heart and life that has been given to him desires the things of him and does not desire to sin. Period. Period. The text 
of the day. Stay out of sin and be ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Paul, who was called to be an apostle by the Lord Jesus Christ and under the leading and influence of Holy Spirit, teaches us in the New Testament what will disqualify us from inheriting the kingdom of God. And we would all do well to study those epistles so that we don't find ourselves pictured in Matthew 22 verses 1 to 14. Because down in verses 13 to 14, Lord Jesus states, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. Beloved, do not, do not be a castaway. All of this foolish rhetoric about once I'm saved, I'm always saved. Nowhere in the New Testament. And you know what? I'm going to keep staying on this point. As long as the Holy Spirit has me camped out here, this is where I'm staying. I can't tell you how many I'm running into who are hanging their eternal spiritual hats on this false doctrine as they are living. I'm talking about going to bed, waking up, going to bed, waking up, going to bed, waking up in willful sin, claiming that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. I'm talking about adulterers. I'm, I'm talking about seductresses who don't care if their bodies are stumbling blocks. If it's hot, I'm going swimming. And all of their earthly, bodily glory, they going swimming. So if you can't keep your eyes to yourselves, then that's your problem. See, that's the mentality. See, they don't care if if you go to hell and they ought to, to check where they truly are in the spirit. Why, why would you cause anyone to stumble and end up in hell just because it's hot outside? I'm going swimming. I ain't, I ain't thinking about I ain't thinking about y'all. See, selfish selfish, selfish, selfish. And then you got some asking the question, well, what about lust? Well, what about it? Talking about how the fact that they are in an adulterous remarriage, but they don't believe so, but they are. And so when you tell them, well, you got to leave that, 
If you if you claim in Jesus name and you saying that you and God are good and you are born again. And yet I'm telling you what thus saith the Lord. The Bible is saying this. Even your own mama has asked you, did you get this business straight with God about this remarriage? If your own mama is telling you the same thing, God is sending you a warning time and time again. And your question is, what about lust then? Well, what about it? Kill it. Kill it. Don't become a castaway. Told you. The Bible doesn't even allude to this absurd doctrine. I can live however I want and I'm still in good right standing with God. You are deceived. Listen, you're not the only one. I was deceived. Many were. But when we got the light, we don't ignore that. I know what the problem is. Many are not serious about their salvation. Because I'm telling you, if you are truly serious about your salvation, you will spend your life making sure you are staying out of anything that will cause you to be disqualified. Jesus gave the remedy. Yes, a drastic remedy. If anything causes your eye to sin, pluck it out. If your hands cause you to sin, cut it off. He was saying take drastic measures so you don't end up in hell. The place where weeping and gnashing of the teeth. You don't want to end up in hell. It may, death may seem to be a long way off. People in hell will counter you on that. To them, it seemed like they were just born and now they are in a place. Mm -mm. Telling you, listen, we don't see Jesus preaching it. We don't see none of his apostles even hinting that we can live in willful blatant sin and still inherit the kingdom. And folk can twist and bend and manipulate the scriptures all day. It's not going to change. It stands on obedience, holiness, and righteous living. Listen, Paul was even concerned that he himself would become a castaway. So if once saved, I'm always saved, aka eternal security, was sound doctrine, and that you can still get into the kingdom anyway, why was Paul so adamant about keeping his body under subjection? Let's go to the scriptures.
Let us start off with 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. Because listen, Paul is here saying, we are to glorify God in body and spirit. Listen, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 6. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Amen. Let's, let us, verse 15, might as well, I mean, <laughs> since we over here, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Amen. Beloved, listen, again, why was Paul concerned about this? Because no harlot, no fornicator, no adulterer, no sexual immoral persons will inherit God's kingdom. So if Paul taught once saved, I'm always saved. If Jesus taught, once saved, I'm always saved. Why is this a grave concern? No, 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 no. Why was Paul so gravely concerned about our bodies not being for sexual immorality? Well, he just told us in verse 13, God will destroy it. That's right. Paul was clear. Ain't nothing is going to make him a slave. Yeah, some things may be lawful, but he will not be brought under the power of anything that will disqualify him from the kingdom. Amen. Listen, he took his race seriously, and so shall we. Glory be to God for his mercy. Elsewhere, we see Paul once again making sure he is not disqualified. After all the preaching of the gospel, then he himself not get in? I'm telling you, beloved, it is ridiculous. Ridiculous what is coming out of these apostate churches. <laughs> so that corrupt men and women can tickle your ear, lull you into a false sense, a false sense of quote unquote eternal security, and not and not warn you of the wages of sin. It is atrocious. And if they are talking about sin, it is made light of. 
because they hyper grace. That gives you the license, the green light, the go ahead to live however any kind of way in the sight of holy God, although it is contrary to his to his holy teachings, because he said, Without holiness no man shall see the Lord. But that doesn't seem to matter Mm-mm. to these corrupt, ungodly ones. Yes, they have slipped in and distorted grace. Read the book of Jude. Jude was talking about how he wanted to talk about salvation and probably no doubt the kingdom and all of the glorious things we will experience and see in the new city. But oh no, no, he couldn't. Because he first had to deal with what we dealing with today. Corrupt, ungodly ones have come in unawares and they have distorted grace. Go over to the book of Jude. Study that. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ says, let no one deceive you. That means we can be deceived. Let us come over to 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Paul was saying, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Amen. And what is temperate? Well, it means showing moderation or self-restraint. It is being self-controlled. It is being disciplined. It is being self-denying. It is being abstinent, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, back over here. He was saying, everyone who competes for the prize is self-controlled, self-disciplined, just like a boxer, right? Training for a big fight. They must be tempered, temperate. They must exercise self-discipline. That's why they, they don't have intercourse. Certain foods they can't eat, certain things they can't drink. They must get plenty of rest. Of rest. They must be disciplined. Disciplined, keeping their bodies under subjection and not allowing their their flesh and loins to get the best of them. And then when when they get to the fight, they are worn out. Mm-mm. No, listen. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, 
but we for an imperishable crown. Verse 26, 1 Corinthians 9, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. And what is subjection? Well, it is having domination over. It is it is having control, mastery over. It is like making your body a slave. You are oppressing it. Yeah. AKA you telling the flesh no. No, we ain't doing that today. Mm-mm. The answer is no, ma'am. No, sir. So that's what it means to bring something under subjection. And Paul is telling us how he disciplined his body. No doubt his loins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amen. So, here we go with my same old rhetorical question. If on the day we said a sinner's prayer, which by the way is not biblical, it's not scriptural that a prayer, a simple prayer can save us. Well, if that's the case, well, then Christ died for nothing because now that would be a work that that's not by God's grace is not by faith. It's about you opening up your mouth and saying a poem. And now you are born again based off of that. No, beloved, and I know many want to pull on Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. If you say this in your heart and you believe, then you are saved. Study Romans chapter 9 to find out what he was talking about and whom he was talking to when he gets to Romans 10. Paul was not giving us a doctrine to speak our salvation into existence. I'm telling you, beloved, so much wrong teaching that we have been exposed to and we ran with it. No, beloved. So, back to my rhetorical question. Why is Paul so concerned and adamant about making sure he keeps his body under oppression, basically under his rule and his dominance. He is not going to allow his flesh to be in charge. Why? Why was he so concerned if on the day we said the sinner's prayer, then we are sealed forever? Nothing. Nothing we say, nothing we do can ever cause us to lose our salvation. 
if that's the case, how come Paul did not say you are good to go? Why is he giving us 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10? Listing lifestyles, sinful, wicked, rebellious, abominable, unnatural lifestyles. That if we as the body of Christ continue to go on practicing these things, he said you will not inherit God's kingdom. Why is he telling us don't go back to the life in which we once lived if we are going to heaven in spite of wrong behaviors and habits before we die? Claiming the name. Why? I'm telling you, beloved, you know what? Some things are, you know, doctrinal sound, but some things are just common sense common sense you mean to tell me i can sleep my way into heaven and still (laughs) and still stand before jesus and he will say well done my good and faithful servant Where have I been faithful if I'm still fornicating, I'm still masturbating, I'm still smoking the weed, I'm still lying, I'm still stealing, I'm still a drunkard, and not to mention a seductress harlot. How am I And don't you even say, well, that just simply means you were never born again. No, Mm mm-mm, where's my bell? No, beloved, Paul is addressing those who were, are born again. He's not talking to sinners. He's, listen, okay. We do know that false converts have, have come into existence. Hold on. Someone's ringing my bell. Okay. I'm back. Well, we do know there have been, and sad to say, will be false converts. But he's talking to believers. And he was warning them to not go back to their filth. We have been born again. As a matter of fact, wait a minute, hold on. Because I'm going to take us to 1 Corinthians 9. No, no, no. I'm going to say verse 10 and 11, but let's finish with what Paul was saying over here in 1 Corinthians 9, namely verse 27, because he was, he was telling us, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amen. And the King James says verse 27 like this, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Amen. So let's come over, okay? Because 
This is the warning we get, just like we got the warning over there in Hebrews 10, what is that, 26? That if we deliberately go on sinning, mm -mm, our expectation, I'm paraphrasing, right? Our expectation is not the kingdom, but fiery judgment. Fiery judgment. So we are constantly being being exhorted in the New Testament to not go back to our vomit, especially since we have received the knowledge of the truth. Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and such were some of you before you believed, but you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were excuse me, you were sanctified, set apart for God and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. Amen. And if we just take a peek at verse 12, although we already covered that, but the Amplified, Paul was like, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. Amen. See, beloved, that is what we do about lust. This is what we do about anything that will cause us to be disqualified. And if we are living, because if we come back up here to verse 9, I mean, since we are already here in 1 Corinthians 6, let's read what he says. Look at verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate by perversion, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander, nor swindlers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Amen. And then verse 11, as we just read, because he was like, and some... No, and such were some of you before you believed. Amen. And then he went on to say how we were, how we were washed, how we were sanctified, and we were justified, declared free of guilt. Amen. So no, we don't go on sinning now that we are in Christ Jesus. And no. We, we can't go on living in lifestyles that the Bible clearly says 
our sins? No. What's the question of the day? Do you believe once you're saved, you're always saved? Well, depending on who you ask. Those, now listen, this is no condemnation. Those who are studying the word of God, those who are self-disciplined and controlled by Holy Spirit's sanctification, we know if we continue to live lives according to the flesh, listen, Galatians 6, 7, what's that? Yeah, verses 7 to 8 ain't going anywhere. It's not. We keep sowing to the flesh from the flesh we shall reap. Reap what? Eternal destruction. But Cynthia, it's impossible to live a life without sinning. So you want to go on sinning? You want to live a life that is not pleasing to God? Well, I'm just saying it's impossible. Hmm. So you mean to tell me that you are not willing to pluck out some eyes and cut off some hands so that you don't go to hell fully intact? Yeah, go to hell fully intact? Or or do you want to walk around maimed? And inherit God's kingdom. You mean to tell me Jesus actually wants us to literally pluck our eyes out? You see, you ain't ready. You, you ain't ready to pick up that cross and follow Jesus. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to go to the cross knowing what crucifixion would entail? You mean to tell me he went there skipping and laughing? Although in the spirit, he was looking ahead at the joy of the day when you and I will come to Christ Jesus. We don't take what he has done for us lightly. Nor do we blaspheme it by by whining and crying like big old babies. Like it's going to kill you you if you don't ever have sex ever again in life. Because at the end of the day, beloved, we all are going to die. Unless Christ returns before then, we will all go by the way of the grave. And all of this sex we had to have, all of this partying we we had to have, all of this cussing and still being friends with the world, all of it we had to have, will it be worth it? Hmm? Will it have been worth you having your big time fun now only to have to spend eternity in the lake of fire? 
Well, the answer is no. Nothing according to the flesh is worth us losing our souls. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Nothing. Christ gave it all up. So we can't give it all up for him. Certain things we we must ask ourselves. So what was I talking about? Yep. Yep. We were talking about how Paul. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how if Paul was concerned, why didn't he go all out and live his best life ever if we get to go to heaven anyway? He talked to Jesus Christ face to face. So we know he was converted Look at all his letters exhorting us to remain faithful and stay in, and, and to stay out of sin. Why didn't he at any time, he wrote what, as they say, two-thirds of the New Testament. How many epistles? What, 13? I believe something thereabout. Why in any of that, he never stopped hammering about do not use your bodies as instruments of wickedness. Why even go through all of that if we are good to go? See, beloved, certain things just needs our cognitive thinking. It ain't even so much of being a Bible scholar. Again, common sense. No, we can't live however we want. Listen. Where's my little notes? Here we go. Because see, I wrote down this. So if Paul was concerned about it, oh, I know what, I know what I was going to say. We already have established, okay, Paul, he was greatly concerned. So, Away with all of this once I'm saved, I'm always saved. But the Lord Jesus Christ, if he taught one saved, always saved, why didn't he commit sin? Because he was he was going to be raised up on the third day anyway. Why not live his best ancient Israel life? If at the end of the day, Sinners and backsliding Christians get to go to heaven anyway. That's false doctrine. That's a whole nother false religion, beloved. Listen, you and I can be disqualified if we continue to live in our vomit. What did another apostle say about this? Peter. Peter says over there in 2 Peter 2, because he was alerting us to these false prophets. Just like there were false prophets in Israel, 
He said, there shall be false prophets among us too. And if we come down to verse 10, because these verses apply to us as well as to these false teachers who have who have returned back to their vomit after receiving the goodness of the Lord and they left Jesus. They went and followed in the footsteps of Balaam. Peter was saying how they were on the right path, but they got off. Mm -hmm. So it is possible for a born-again believer in Christ Jesus to be with him and then leave him. Just like he said in the word he gave me to give to his people, they came to him and they left him. Yes, and I know the counter to that is, well, they were never born again in the first place. Oh, no, no. We're not talking about false converts. We're talking about those who were born again. They, on their own, for whatever reason, left Jesus. It is possible to leave him. Listen, okay. Like I was saying, down in verse 10 of 2 Peter 2. Yeah, down in verse 10. Hold on. I got, oh, no, 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 no. I know what's happening here. Hold on. I'm going to say it again. Listen, y'all hang in there with me, okay? That doorbell threw me off. But listen, because down in verse 10, all the way to the end of the chapter, these verses apply to us as well as those false teachers, right? They went off the right path. They got on the wrong path. They they went and followed in the footsteps of Balaam. And then they want to turn around and teach you and I false doctrine. I don't think so. I fell for their many lies, but not anymore. And you shouldn't either. You and I must be able to recognize and discern the voice of Jesus Christ. As his true sheep, we listen and follow Lord Jesus, our great shepherd, and not the high-sounding nonsense of corrupt ones trying to deceive us back on that broad, wide road with them. So, I'm going to give you Second Peter 2, and then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Now listen to this, okay? Second Peter 2, starting in verse 10 to 22, because again, we see another apostle 
warning us not to go back to our vomit. So again, if we are so good to go and if we can live however we want, we can still disobey God and still live. How come this apostle is warning us about doing that same thing? Listen. Verse 10, 2 Peter 2, he is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. These people, these people who Peter is talking about these false teachers and prophets, right? These people, these people who also teach false doctrines, mm-hmm. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels who are far greater in power and strength do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. These false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand, and like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. Amen. And beloved, those who who want to keep playing around with their salvation, these are the types of teachers that Paul was saying that because they don't want to put up with sound doctrine, these types of teachers that Paul is talking about, these unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, well, these are they that they will heap upon themselves. Yep, when you, yes, Holy Spirit, when you do not want to follow Jesus' teachings, you will find unthinking animals. Unthinking animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed. You will seek out these unthinking animals to teach you God's word. And you know what they're going to teach you? Damnable heresies like once saved, always saved. Like prosperity, like word of faith. Like any other high-sounding nonsense we see coming out of these modern, denominational, apostate churches today. Unthinking animals standing up in pulpits around the world. Listen. Their destruction, verse 13, we are over here in 2 Peter 2. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception. Oh, beloved. See that? 
it is to their delight that they that they that they deceive you mm-hmm. even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals they commit adultery with their eyes and their desire listen to this and their desire for sin is never satisfied again these are they to whom will be heaped upon the person who refuse sound doctrine. These unthinking animals, they commit adultery with their eyes. Their desire for sin is never satisfied. And these are they who want you to call them bishop, pastor, elder, doctor, reverend, minister, prophet, prophetess. Oh, mm-mm. listen, they lure unstable people into sin and they are well trained in greed. Oh, beloved, listen, they live under God's curse. They have, listen to what happened to them. This is how they became apostate. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with the human voice. These people are as useless as dried up springs or as mist blown away by the wind they are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. And this is the prophet, beloved, the false prophet. They promise, no, 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 verse 18. They brag about themselves. Oh, yes, they do. With empty, foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. Amen. Beloved, did we not just have a study about being slaves to the one whom you obey? Mm-hmm. Verse 20. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again again so peter is not talking about false converts who are living a lifestyle of sin well well that's because they were never born again which is true, but that's not what Peter is talking about. 
That's not what the writers or writer of Hebrews was talking about. That's not what Paul was talking about. And we know that's not what Jesus was talking about. Who is this? Peter is talking about those who have escaped from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Beloved, it is so easy to say, well, that person was a false convert. That's why they are still living in sin. Well, yeah, that's true. Again, but that's not what Peter is talking about. Mm-mm. He's saying, having escaped the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again. So what you mean, once I'm saved, I'm always saved. No, I can go back into sin. I'm not safe if I'm still going back in sin and people do it every single day. We got to repent. He says, how they get tangled and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness. So again, no false converts here. He's talking about those who knew the way to righteousness. They knew it. They absolutely knew it. No false convert. We talking about born again believers. He says it would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it. And then, see, First they knew it, and then they reject the command they were given to live a holy life. See? See, I know the clapback is always about a false convert. Uh-uh. Nope. I'm praying I'm making this crystal clear. Peter is talking about those who knew the way to righteousness, but they rejected the command they were given to live a holy life. Yes, Holy Spirit, I can think of John 8, 11. That is a clear command to live a holy life. When Jesus did not condemn the woman, who was caught in the very act of adultery, he told her to go, comma, and sin no more. Just like he told the man whom he healed, the one who had that foot problem, well, he told him too to go and sin no more unless a worse thing comes upon you. That's a command to live holy and godly. But those who knew the way to righteousness, well, he was saying it would be better if they had never known it than then to have known it 
and then reject it. To reject the command they were given to live a holy life. Well, verse 22, they prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit. And another says a washed pig returns to the mud. Amen. Amen. So, beloved, as I let you all go. We must live clean and holy. There is no backpedaling. There is no putting our hand to the plow, looking back, and and expect to be fit for the kingdom. This is yet another message on living clean and holy. Christ Jesus himself is on his way back. We must be ready to meet him. And we cannot, we cannot be carried away by every wind of shifting doctrine. Because you don't want to settle down in your spirit and be consecrated and be sanctified. Having the world gutted out of you, you don't want that. Or you did want it, but but you got tired of living clean and holy. When you see all the, as we used to say, all the fun that is happening around us. Beloved, you have been deceived. That is not fun, that's sin. And the wages of it is eternal separation from God. Our names must be found written in the Lamb's book of life. For otherwise, we shall be thrown into the lake of fire. The Lord is not playing. He's not playing. He's coming back in flaming fire. That that alone should cause all of us to put away all sin in our lives and find out what pleases the Lord. Do you think living a life of homosexuality pleases him? No. Do you think living a life as a drunkard pleases him? No. Do you think living a life as a liar, a thief, a murderer pleases holy God? No, it does not. Away with all of this. Well, it's so hard to live a life without sinning daily. What's your problem then? What what is your problem? Are you a false convert or are you not willing to endure sound doctrine? Which which one is it? Because at the end of the day, you are looking at hell's fire. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And this is not the, so not the hour to be sitting up under these false teachers. I'm telling you, some of them are so slick with it because they may teach on sound doctrine here and there, but they also slip in false doctrines. And because some get so enamored 
by their pastor when he does teach a false doctrine you tend to sweep that under the rug because he's talking about repentance he's he's talking about living clean and holy but then he's also talking about that you can divorce and remarry when you have a living spouse i told you a broken clock is right at least twice a day Live clean and holy, beloved. Study God's word. Consecrate yourselves. Listen to Holy Spirit. Be willing to be sanctified and made holy. You do not know when God will call you out of that body. You don't want to be called out and you're still living in sin, talking about Jesus wants you to be happy in this new marriage. No, he wants us to repent and not be deceived and walk in holiness, striving every single day, picking up that cross, denying ourselves, and following Jesus Christ. And if we do sin, we go to our Father, we confess it. He purifies us, cleanses us. And then we do what Jesus told that woman to do. Go, comma, and sin no more. This is not about sinless perfection this is about being obedient obedient keeping eternity in our view because that is where the soul and the spirit is going to live forever either in the kingdom of god or the lake of fire amen father as we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your teachings. It is your commandments are not burdensome to us. We, we don't find it to be a problem. It does not, as, as they say, crimp our lifestyles. Our lifestyles are based on your word on the firm foundation on the rock jesus christ oh father so much is going on in the world today we see bible prophecy unfolding right before our eyes and these things must take place before Jesus returns, this world, if we are that generation, will see some terrifying things that are coming because of your judgment on the earth. May we remain faithful and endure until the end so that we may receive eternal life that is our blessed hope jesus christ return 
so that we shall receive eternal life. Oh, Father, we ask for grace, strength, boldness to continue to live in a world that hates Jesus Christ, who deny your existence, who follow after Satan, whether they know it or not. If we are not for Christ, then we stand with our enemy and God forbid. If we any longer continue to want to be friends with this world, we will always be an enemy of God's. Thank you for having mercy on our souls. Thank you for calling us out of darkness. Thank you for transferring us to the kingdom of your dear son, Jesus Christ. We love you, we honor you, and we give you praise. Oh, Father, I pray for the saints that we remain faithful to Jesus Christ. May we never follow strange voices, strange doctrines that makes absolutely no sense at all. And I don't care how they dress it up. I don't care that they are charismatic, profound, and prolific. If what they are teaching does not add up with your word, I'm not paying them no attention at all. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for showing us the path that is straight and narrow. I love you, my Father. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Be not deceived. Listen, study the word of God. You got a phone, right? Google. Oh, I shouldn't say that too loud. My phone to start acting like I'm seeking help. Let me not say it like that. Go and do search on your phones. Living clean and holy versus living wicked and wrong. And see these scriptures that come up for that. Start there, beloved. Only you... Only me will stand before Jesus on the day of judgment to give an account. Will it be at the Bema seat to receive our rewards or will it be at the great white throne judgment to hear how our names are not found written in his book of life? That very thought alone 
should keep us up at night, especially if we are in sin. And you know, if you are in sin, you, you know, you are. Mm -hmm. All right, beloved, Lord willing, until next time, I should be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye